This is the Visionary Collective podcast, helping visionary, purpose-led entrepreneurs and leaders come together to activate their biggest visions and have the unshakable confidence to build a successful and fulfilling life and business that makes a difference in the world. I'm Lisa Mitchell, and I'll be sharing everything you need to create the foundations and growth to build your legacy. You know you are here to do something bigger as part of the Visionary Collective. Hello and welcome to this episode. And today I want to talk about something which I call soul work, not hard work. And this came to me literally as I was driving my car this morning and I was thinking, what am I going to do this episode on? And I always channel these episodes through. It's never something planned, really. It's kind of like there's something in my system that I want to share. And often it flows through when I'm walking my dog on the beach or as I was this morning, I was driving, drop, um, having dropped my daughter off at an art club for the day. And I was sitting just, you know, contemplating. And I think that's good to say because it ties into soul work, which is that I allow these things to drop in. And then as this title dropped in, soul work, not hard work, I got really excited. And I was thinking, wow, that I love that title. <laughs> it's got like an awesome title for a podcast episode. And also it felt so aligned with who I am, the journey that I've been on, the journey that I take my clients on to claim this soul work in the world. So what do I mean by soul work versus hard work? Well, soul work, I mean work that is literally aligned to your soul, the clues in the title. But work that expands you, that you love, that is easy and effortless, that allows you to have an impact, to create a legacy in the world, that's soul work to me. Versus hard work, which, you know, if I just wanted to say it in one little phrase would be like something that feels like a job. So I want to talk about this because particularly for my generation, we were brought up with a very hard work ethos. This has definitely changed in the future generations. But for many people that I work with and clients that I work with in their sort of, I'd say, mid-30s upwards, and particularly in their 40s and 50s, that we grew up in this with this hard work ethos. And I certainly did. So I grew up in a Northern family, you know, quite a practical family. Both my parents worked for the civil service. And the emphasis was on working hard. And when you work hard, you improve your life, you know, and and the intention is to improve your life for you and for your children and all of those things. We were the first generation in my family to go to university, to have those options and opportunities. So the ethos was work hard, knuckle down, get a job, stay at the job, build yourself up. And then eventually you can retire and have a kind of fun, fun, easy life, right? But you've kind of sacrificed along the way. You've done your hard work. You've created a better life for your children than you had. That was the ethos behind the whole thing, right? And there is something to be said for that. You know, I mean, my dad came from quite a poor background. He joined the, he did, had many jobs, including being a traveling salesman, I think at one point. <laughs> he joined the prison service as a prison guard because my mum's dad was in the prison service and he saw it as something he could create a career in. He ended up being a regional area manager for the prison service, did amazingly well, created an opportunity for his kids that he didn't have to go to university, to have choices, all of those things. So I'm not dissing that way of living life at all. And it's the way, 
even now the majority of the population lives, right? In hard work, survival, knuckle down. And there's a sort of like a a set of beliefs behind it, which is that life is not meant to be easy. Life is not meant to be fun. You know, you work and you, you put your head down, you get on with it and you do it. And then you do your fun stuff outside of that. And, you know, I've said before that even as a child, that made no sense to me. I just couldn't get on board with this notion that you would spend all day doing something that you didn't actually love. I mean, why? (laughs) Why would you do that? I just don't understand it. So I've always, and and I've lived on both sides of this divide. So this is what's really fascinating to me and why I wanted to share it today and why I think my experience of it is interesting. Because when I grew up as a kid, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I really envied those people who were like, oh, I, I want to be a doctor. I know I want to be a vet or whatever. I never knew that. And I always thought, God, that must be really lovely to understand what you want to do with your life, to feel that sense of mission about the thing that you're going to do, to feel that sense of certainty. And I never felt that. Now, when I look back in hindsight, I had inklings of that, actually, that I wanted to be a nurse or a physiotherapist or something like that when I was younger. So I always had it in me to do a caring profession, to impact on people, to care for people in some way. So in hindsight, if that had been encouraged and seen, I think I would have gone down that route and my life, you know, maybe I would have ended up being a coach anyway. I don't know, right? Who knows? That sliding doors kind of moment, right? But I think I would have found my vocation faster. As it was, the emphasis, I say, was on hard work, improvement, um, having better opportunities for you and your children. So I ended up going to university and I studied. I did an English degree because I happen to be good at English. I like English, but I was never really happy there. I never really fit in. I never... I never had the confidence. I was always that kind of like, oh my God, I was such a hard worker and such a hustler because I didn't have that innate confidence. I wasn't doing the right thing. And when you're not doing the right thing, you don't have the innate confidence that you're going to be good at it, right? I was okay at it. Um, I ended up with a 2 2, which is a very average degree, despite the fact that I worked really, 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 really hard. So I was really disappointed with that. And my ex-boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, who coasted, got a 2-1. I felt that was so unfair because I'd worked so hard, right? But I, but I never had the confidence to find my own voice with it. That's what I realize now, that, you know, university part of it is finding your own voice and your own way of doing things. And I didn't do that because I didn't have the confidence to do that. I then left. I traveled for a bit. I ended up working in marketing and I worked in marketing for 10 plus years. And again, I I fell into it. I ended up working for a publishing company because I did an English degree. So that kind of made sense. So I worked in book publishing and then magazine publishing. And then by hook or by crook, I ended up working for Sainsbury's in marketing. And, you know, I was living this very normal life. But because I had no confidence in myself, because it wasn't the thing I was supposed to be doing, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have confidence in myself. And I did well but it was it was a struggle for me and i never really believed in myself in it so i just worked really 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 hard and i had that constant sense of imposter syndrome and you know i talk about this sometimes that you know i saw so many people just living for the weekends living for holidays living for the bit where they got to go and have fun and again i would sit with it and go what <laughs> i don't understand and i did some of that myself to be fair and the interesting thing was that i didn't hate my job it wasn't awful 
I earned a really good salary. I worked with great people. My job was interesting. There were parts of my job that I really liked. So I loved the psychology behind marketing. That's what was interesting to me. Unsurprising that I became a coach in the end. And I love the team leadership bit. I love managing people. I love mentoring people. So there were elements of it that I really loved. But I didn't love that side of marketing of like, you know, just making people buy more and more and more. And the kind of like manipulative side of marketing, if you like, there was it wasn't really for the better good. It was to make more money, to sell more stuff, right? So I didn't like that side of it. That didn't sit with me. So to me, you know, I was in this, I was sort of in a trap because I was doing this job. I was pretty good at it. I had a flat that, you know, my job paid for. I went on amazing holidays. I had a great social life. You know, if you looked at it on paper, there was nothing wrong with my life. And yet I was deeply unhappy because I had no sense of purpose. I had no sense of fulfillment in terms of what I did. And I had no idea how to get out of it either. So I'd look at people who were further up the chain than me and, you know, they were constantly, oh, you should go, we we can make this director, senior person in the business, all of that. And I was like, "Mm, I really don't want to do that. And I cannot see myself doing marketing for the rest of my career. It seemed to stretch out for a very long time ahead of me. So I I was feeling a bit lost, but I started to explore and You know, I did a Reiki course, which opened my, started to open me up to this whole world of energy, which if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know is my biggest passion is living energy first. And so I started exploring that. I did a, I trained as a massage therapist. I thought maybe I want to go down that kind of route. But again, I couldn't see myself doing that all the time. It was a bit exhausting to me and it didn't fulfill that strategic part of my brain, which I really love. And then I got sent on this leadership program. And it was, you know, a self-development leadership program. And I met people on there who were coaches who were running this program. And I saw what they were doing. And I had that light bulb moment. And I was like, oh, I could earn money doing that. Oh, my God, that looks incredible. I can definitely do that, right? And I remember the first time I coached someone feeling this sense of rightness about it, that this was something that I could do really well. And the same thing when I first facilitated my first ever workshop after I left Sainsbury's and I joined a leadership consultancy and I facilitated a workshop. And I can still remember that feeling of standing at the front of the room, really feeling connected to the energy of what was going on in that room and going, holy crap, I'm really good at this. And it was such a beautiful feeling because I'd never had that feeling in the whole of my career. So I had this feeling of like, oh my God, this is what I meant to do. This is my career. This is my, not just my career, this is my work. This is my soul work in the world. I didn't call it that at the time, but in hindsight, that's what I felt. It's like, oh my God, this is what I meant to do. And I'm really good at it. Like I'd never experienced that before. I am really good at this thing. Wow. So A, I feel the sense of passion for it, like I'm meant to do it. B, I'm really good at it. And C, there is a um, there's a need for this in the world. And I was actually writing something this week and thinking, actually, if you when you find those things, you know you're doing the right thing. So it feels like my sole mission. I'm really good at it. And there's a need for it in the world. If you can do that kind of magic triangle, find that magic triangle, then you know you're creating your soul work in the world. 
And it's like a partnership. I talk a lot about co-creation and partnership, and it's like a partnership situation. So I've chosen to put myself out there to go for this soul vision, this soul work. And it it's like my unique contribution lines up with a need that consciousness, the universe, whatever you want to call it, has for change in the world. And so there's an impetus on both sides. It's both unique to me and it fulfills a need to expand consciousness in the world. And expanding consciousness is my ultimate aim. That's that's my why in terms of what I do is to expand consciousness. And so when you when you hit that magic resonance, that magic place, I, I cannot even describe it. And the difference between doing that versus doing what you did before. So it's so fascinating to me because I went through a phase of thinking, oh my God, I've wasted 12 years of my life working in marketing. I really wish I'd been a nurse before, you know? But actually, it's been so fascinating to me because A, it gave me that business experience to be able to work with entrepreneurs and business people and leaders and to understand their world. And I really believe also that businesses are force for change in the world, by the way. And at the same time, it gave me that sense of polarity. And it's so interesting because I think polarities are really interesting (laughs) and holding both sides of that polarity. So I have been on both sides of this equation. And as I say that, I'm actually connected to the fact that that's really interesting because my daughter also is having a similar experience. So she has me and my ex-husband who have completely polarized views of the world, you know, literally opposites. And it's interesting that she's having that experience also, right? And I've just, I'm just throwing that in because it just popped into my consciousness as I was talking. So I have been in the hard work camp where I felt like an imposter, where I just worked harder and harder and harder, but never really filled that internal gap, that internal lack of self-belief in myself. And, you know, where work just didn't give me that fulfillment. And for the last 17, 18 years, I've done what I would describe as my soul work. And I feel so blessed to have that experience, to be able to do my soul work in the world. And, you know, it's funny because I'm running a four-week manifestation live experience at the moment. And I asked people to introduce themselves in the group. And two people said, use the words magical, witch, (laughs) (laughs) there's something about Lisa, you know, all of this stuff. And some of these people have known me 20 years. And there is something magical about when you find your work in the world and when you're able to express your soul and your heart and your biggest impact through your work in the world. And even the word work, I, I don't know, I need to find another word for that. Because when you say job or work, it doesn't really resonate with me. I feel like I put myself out into the world. I find the clients that resonate with me and I get very handsomely rewarded for it. That's the only way I can describe what I do. If I try and describe it as work or a job, I just, I just like, mm, it doesn't feel like either of those things. And what's interesting is also that it's not like you find yourself, like the work I did 17 years ago is not the work that I do now. I'm still a coach. I still have coaching foundations in terms of what I do, but I'm adding to it all the time. I'm evolving it all the time. So the other interesting thing about finding your soul work 
is that it evolves and changes with you as you evolve and change. And so I said to somebody the other day that I feel more passionate about what I do now than I've ever felt in the last 17, 18 years. And it's because I've come to a new evolution of it that's even more powerful and impactful for the people and the organizations that I work with. And so the other indication I think of soul work is that you can do it forever. (laughs) I will literally do this work forever. I'll probably be 90 and still doing this in some fashion, right? Because I don't need to retire. I don't need to um, stop doing work and then go and live my life because this is living my life. And, you know, I'm not working the same way as I did 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I used to travel a lot. I used to be delivering in-person workshops a lot. I did, you know, I, I was working, you know, much harder, if you like, than I am today, although it didn't feel like hard work. I loved it. Today, I am wanting to create it in a different way. So that, you know, I said, I've said previously, I think that I wanted my life to feel like being on holiday. So now I live near the beach. I go to the beach virtually every day. I travel a lot. I can work from anywhere. My business is now um, as virtual as I want it to be. When I want to client travel and go and see clients, I do. But essentially it's a virtual business, which gives me total freedom. I can do things like this podcast I'm super proud of and passionate about. I have a free Facebook group called the Visionary Collective, which is part of my bigger mission. There's a YouTube channel coming. There are courses and ways of working with me coming. So the business is going through its next evolution and it's still my sole work. It's just bringing all my experience together in a different way. And that's why I can do it forever. And who knows, in 10 years time, I might decide, actually, I want to do it in another way again. You know, I have this sort of feeling that ultimately I will train an army of people to go out and do this work in the world, you know? So maybe that's also into, well, I know that's part of the next evolution. So you know you found your soul work when, (laughs) if you're like me, when you talk about it, you get emotional about it. And I think I was partly connecting to this today because I was working with a client yesterday who is just so wonderful to work with. And it feels so effortless to work with her. And she found a new evolution of the work she's doing in the world through the coaching that she's been doing with me. And she actually said on the call last night that that she attributes that the finding of that thing to working with me. And I'd say that again, not from a place of ego, but from a kind of like, oh my gosh, how amazing to do work that has impact like that on people's lives. People reach out to me all the time and tell me about the impact I've had on their lives. And things that go back 15, 20 years of like, I still remember that conversation we had, Lisa. And I just think, wow, I get to do that. How can you call that work? It's impossible. So soul work is work that is aligned with your why, with your biggest mission in the world, with your biggest vision. It's the work that you know you are here to do. And when you do it, it lights up your soul. It's work that you can do forever because it evolves and you evolve, or rather the other way around, you evolve and it evolves. (laughs) And you're constantly evolving and growing it and moving it and you know, that's why you can do it forever. Because I say to people all the time that this whole world of energy and consciousness and personal development is how can you ever get to the end of that? I mean, there's so much to learn, to know, 
And I'm evolving, my business is evolving, and the world of consciousness and energy is evolving all the time. So it's never a static thing. It's just endlessly interesting and exciting to me. So it's also something that, you know, that you partner with the universe on. So when you see these businesses that just fly, you know, they just go viral, they just have this amazing resonance, it's because they hit something out in the ether. They hit a greater potential. They line up with the universe. And so, you know, it's something also that there's there's a universal energy and potential around. And lastly, you'll find that when you find your soul work, it's something that you're good at. It's like, it's like your desire fuels this thing and then you cannot help but be good at it. The question of whether you're good at it or not actually just vanishes. It's just something that you can do easily and effortlessly. And again, you know, I've been on a huge journey with this whole hard work ethos piece. It's taken me a long time to shift. And actually, it's only in this new evolution of the work I'm doing, which involves hypnotherapy and healing techniques, that I've been able to really, really shift it finally out of my system where I don't feel like I have to do the hard work thing anymore to be successful. And so I'm really passionate about changing that for people and to allow people to let go of that hard work, hustling, masculine energy, and to be able to live life energy first, feminine energy first, in flow and grace. Because that's where we come into this energetic partnership and connection with the universe. I'm really passionate about that. So I want you to really feel into where you are on this spectrum. And here's a spectrum. So it's not like, oh, you can do hard work or soul work. And it's like, you know, I'm never in in that black and white kind of perspective. You know, there are all sorts of shades of gray. So I want you to feel into, does your work feel like hard work? Do you love it? Does it light up your soul? Do you feel passionate about it every day? Do you come off a call or a piece of work and think, wow, (laughs) I'm so blessed to do this work, right? Or does it feel like a job? And I know for some people listening to this, you know, I get this a lot where people say, well, not everybody can do something they're passionate about. Why not? Why the hell not? Like, why would you choose to do otherwise, right? And I'm not saying that everybody has to be Richard Branson or Brenny Brown or, you know, whoever. You don't. You know, my dog walker, Sarah is also a great friend of mine now and a really incredible part of our family is, you know, she loves animals. She loves dogs. It's like, you know, being with dogs all day is just so joy inducing for her. And that's amazing. Right. So it doesn't matter what you do if what you do fills you with passion and joy and energy. And we know also in the evolution of the human race and human consciousness and all of those things that those practical jobs, those jobs that are the more rudimentary jobs, if you like, are going to be replaced. There are many jobs that would, that exist now that will not exist in the future, that technology will take over. So it's even more important that we find our soul work, that we find the work where we can bring all our talents as human beings to it, where we can be innovative and creative and use all that beautifulness that we have as human beings that you cannot replace with a machine, right? So that is going to happen anyway. So you can cling to the hard work perspective of life. You can cling to that paradigm, 
or you can choose to step into this new world. Because believe you me, if we don't step into the new world, we will get left behind. You know, where's the growth in the world? It's around the learning economy, right? You see all the, you know, young people that are making thousands and millions on TikTok and YouTube and, you know, all the different virtual media doing things that didn't even exist years ago. You know, beauty bloggers are creating industries that turn over millions, right? Where in the past that would have been controlled by the big beauty companies, So the world is more expanded and more open and more full of opportunities now than it has ever been. And I find it really interesting comparing me as a child to my daughter who is, you know, going on 11 and noticing her and having really celebrated her and tuned into her from when she was a baby, that she is an artist. She has always been an artist. When she was at nursery, they would say, you know, if you left LOA to her own devices, she'd never even step outside. She'd just be at the art table all day. And she's still the same. And, you know, it's funny because she used to correct me because people used to say to her, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd say, well, she wants to be an artist. And she would correct me even, you know, when she was young, four or five, and say, I am an artist, mummy. I am an artist, mummy. And I had to retrain myself to say, yes, you're right. You are an artist. Because being an artist is in your soul. And, you know, who knows what shape or form that will take, right? Uh, she has two big loves, art and, and animals, particularly dogs. <laughs> so at the moment, she has a vision of her life that combines the two, and why not, right? And she's actually at the Arts University in Bournemouth this week doing an art course all week. And when I said, you know, they've got this thing and you could go and explore the university and, you know, play with all these different things, you get to play with all these mediums, would you like me to book it for you? She was like, I get to do art all day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, there's no question. So she has been allowed to explore her passion, you know, and at no point have I tried to constrain it. At no point have I said, you know, it's very hard to make a job as an artist. You know, do you think you should do something more practical where you're going to make money? That's what I would have been told when I was a kid. I've done none of that. I have absolute faith and confidence in her that she will create something from that soul desire, which encompasses like art. She's very caring, you know, and loving. She loves animals. She's very entrepreneurial, actually. She also, she comes up with some great ideas for my business. She loves being involved in my business. So there's some combination of all of that, which will create her soul work in the world. And I think she's not far off creating her first business, actually. We've already started talking about business ideas. So this is the new evolution. This is the new generation coming through. And they get it so much more naturally than people of my generation. But it doesn't mean that we just we just go, well, that's for them, this new generation coming through. It's saying we can all do this. You know, you are never too old or too experienced or too locked into your current career to make a change, you know. And from my experience, I am so much more successful in this thing that I am doing now. I'm so much happier. It gives me so much joy. It gives me so much satisfaction and, you know, allows me to expand across the whole of my life and business. There's no separation for me between life and business because energy is everything. So I am as much somebody who cares about living passionate, joyful, expanded conscious lives in my home life, in my relationship with my friends, 
in my role as a parent with my family as I am in my business. And so that's the other thing I would say about doing your source work in the world, actually, your soul work in the world, is that it's an integrated, aligned thing that goes across your life and work, you know? So when LRA discovers this artistic career or careers that she's going to have, that isn't going to be a job for her. It's going to be something she would do anyway, you know? And I'm sure that that, well, I know because I I experienced how I see her in action, that that artistic flair comes into everything she does. She loves to bake. She loves to cook. She has extraordinary imagination. You know, we're still in the phase of playing Barbies and doing all these creative games. And if we've got a long journey, we make up a story in the car. And, you know, so this creativity, this imagination, this artisticness runs across everything in her life. Just as my passion for evolving human beings, expanding consciousness runs across every aspect of my life. So there is so much to explore in this whole world of soul work. And I honestly, I know with every cell of my being that this is possible for each and every human being on the planet. And I know not everybody will agree with me when I say that, and that's fine. (laughs) We've gone way past the caring what people think about what I say. So I know this is possible for every human being on the planet. And I know that if we each claimed our soul work, if we each stepped into that, if we were living that, each and every one of us, the world would transform. It will transform. And we will expand consciousness and we will go into the next evolution of ourselves as entrepreneurs, as business people, as human beings. You know, we will evolve consciousness in the world. I know that with every cell of my body. And, you know, imagine a world, just imagine it for a second, where we are all doing something that we love. That what we do to make money, to live, to, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to avoid the word work because it just so doesn't resonate with me. Let's call it work for now. But doing that thing that we love, imagine if we all did that and imagine what the world would look like, right? There would be no getting drunk on a Friday to recover from the week. There'd be no drinking wine, you know, every night. There'd be no self-medication of any form. You know, we would just love our lives and what we do. And that's my ambition for people. And that's my ambition for the planet. So I'm going to leave it there. So ask yourself this question, see where you are on this spectrum. And if you want to move more towards soul work, do check out what I'm doing in the world. I'm bringing many more ways to work with me, shorter programs, courses, self-study courses, because I'm really passionate about bringing this now to the masses so that wherever you are on your journey, you have access to to my experience and my work in the world that can help you move forward wherever you are. So I wish you joy on this journey. I wish you fulfillment. I wish you success. And I cannot wait to hear how you get on. Thank you for listening to the Visionary Collective Podcast with Lisa Mitchell. If you want to be part of this exciting, bigger movement, come and join other amazing visionary purpose-led entrepreneurs in my free Facebook group, The Visionary Collective. 